What up, friends? Welcome to another episode of The Genius Life. I'm your host, Max Lugavere, a filmmaker, health and science journalist, and the author of the New York Times best-selling book, Genius Foods. Now, if you've read my book, you know that I'm a huge fan of extra virgin olive oil, which is why this is one of my favorite episodes to date of The Genius Life. In it, you're going to meet my good friend, Nicholas Coleman. He's one of the world's few oleologists, which means that he's dedicated his life to the study of the olive and its oil. He's also a newly appointed advisor to Yale's Olive Institute and is the founder of Grove and Vine, a subscription-based service that hand curates and delivers the best of the best extra virgin olive oils to you throughout the year. One of the things that I love about Nicholas is that on top of the super relevant and important knowledge that he freely drops is his passion for the olive. There's a poetry to his curiosity, and I think that after listening to this episode, you're going to be as big of a fan of his as I am. Over the next hour, you're going to discover a number of things critical to living a genius life, including how to pick the very best olive oils, how to use olive oil for maximum health benefit, what happens when you cook with extra virgin olive oil, how to properly store it, and how to really know if yours is a good one. That's just a taste of what you can expect from this episode, and I promise you're going to love all of it. But before we get to the episode with Nicholas, I want to talk a little bit about shrooms. The fungi kingdom is wide and diverse and contains a number of species of mushrooms that provide both culinary and medicinal value to we humans. Some of the more well-studied of the medicinal mushrooms include chaga, reishi, lion's mane, and cordyceps. They all have individual quote-unquote superpowers, but as a whole, the category tends to possess what is sometimes referred to as adaptogenic qualities. They help your body better cope with stress, providing a sort of cross-adaptive effect, acting as mild hormetic stressors to your body's HPA axis, they can help you better psychologically cope with stress should such stress arise in your life. Four Sigmatic is a company that makes the highest quality medicinal mushrooms that I'm familiar with, and I use their products regularly. I'm a big fan of their cordyceps, um, and Lion's Mane coffees, which provide a really simple way for me to upgrade my morning brew. If you're interested in giving medicinal mushrooms a shot, I would head over to foursigmatic.com max or use promo code max where you'll get to save 15% off of everything on their website. That is a robust discount. And you can then take your savings and use it to upgrade your olive oil or pick up my book Genius Foods if you haven't yet already. All right, guys. Now, before we get to this episode of the show, I want to let you know about one super impactful way that you can support this podcast. And that is by going to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast and by leaving a rating and a review. Like Hallie Jett, who left a really nice review for this podcast on iTunes. She wrote, great podcast. You know how some podcast hosts just get annoying? Max isn't annoying. He has a good voice and is a great interviewer, and I really trust his judgment because he reads science research so carefully. Thanks, Hallie Jett. That means a lot, and I'm so glad that I'm not annoying. That's the very least I could hope for. I read all the reviews that you guys post, and I really appreciate them. And also when you spread the word about The Genius Life on social media, it helps the audience grow, allowing me to get better and better guests. So keep doing that. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you listening to my intros as always. And um, I'm excited for you to get to know Nicholas Coleman, oleologist, co-founder of Grove and Vine, one of the smartest guys I know on the topic of extra virgin olive oil. And by the way, if you would like to sample any of Grove and Vine's oils, you can go over to groveandvine.com and use promo code genius to save 20 bucks off of your subscription. I highly recommend it. I'm a customer myself and um, they really send some of the best olive oils I've ever tried in my life. All right, on with the show. Mr. Coleman. How you doing? It's an honor to be here. It's great to see you, too. Yeah, good to see Pleasure. you. Um, dude, this is rad. So tell me what you've been up to. Um, a couple months ago, I was in Australia and New Zealand sourcing fresh oil for my company, Grove & Vine. 
and I found this uh, really incredible high elevation olive grove called Alto Olives in New South Wales in Australia that produces excellent olive oil. They do all these different monocultivars and everything they do is, is really great. And I, I was impressed by everything that their operation embodied. And then I went to um, New Zealand, which has lots of many very small, almost backyard producers. Hmm. And I found this amazing um, producer called Virtuo. And um, they actually have this olive there called the J5, which is this local cultivar that um, I've never seen anywhere else in the world. And so I got, I did this field blend of J5, Nochilara, and Frantoyo, which is all grown on a single estate, but it's super fresh. And then we airship it back and then get it to our subscribers. So that was like the most recent trip I did. I want your life. Um, <laughs> it's cool. I get to travel all over the world um, because the olive oil, the whole idea is that it's a fresh fruit juice in a sense. So getting fresh oil is key. So traveling through both hemispheres and getting fresh oil every six months gets me the freshest oil in the world. And that is just a key component to quality that I don't think people really understand that when you buy olive oil, the first thing I look for is the harvest date because I want to make sure it's as fresh as possible. Because if it's two years old, even if it's from a world-class producer, it's going to be flat. Hmm. And you always want the fresh stuff. Is there like a specific window of time, like a season where it's the best or is it like an all-year thing? Or So in the Northern Hemisphere, they typically harvest in October and November. And stores start getting the fresh oil in, the good stores, in December, January, February. So that winter month is really ideal to get an oil from Spain or Italy or Greece or California wow. because they harvest in October and November. So you want it um, just like a few months after the harvest is really the perfect window. Wow. And when you buy extra virgin olive oil in a supermarket, even like a higher end supermarket, I mean, are they on the shelves relatively soon after they're, they're harvesting? No. Okay. Um, most of the oils in the United States of America, um, you just really have to know your purveyor and you have to make sure that they buy quality because there's a lot of fraudulently labeled olive oils in America that say they're extra virgin, but they actually come from damaged fruit and they have defects in the oil, similar to like a corked bottle of wine. Hmm. The oil can be old and it can be a little rancid. The olives can sit in giant piles before they're pressed and you get a fermented aroma that smells and tastes like cured olives, mm. which is actually not good in extra virgin olive oil. Um, there's all these defects that pop up. So you want to look for a harvest date. You want to look for the olive cultivars because there are hundreds of different olives, similar to wine. Depending on which olive you use, you've got different flavors and textures that you want to pair with different food. And you want to know the specific estate or region that it comes from. If your olives are blended from Spain and Tunisia and Greece and Turkey, you lose the taste of place. And you can make an extra virgin olive oil that way, but really you want your olives localized. So if they're just Sicilian olives from this one town in Sicily and they grow together, they go together. And you get, it's like having all these different colors on your palate and you can use those with different food. It's just like wine. It's just like cheese. There isn't just cheese. There's a world of cheese and there isn't just wine. There's a world of wine. The same is true with olive oil, but most people don't actually... <laughs> Kind of sip and aerate and taste their oil independent of food. It's often this like invisible ingredient, but it's really important to taste it. And if you taste an oil on its own where you sip it and aerate it in the mouth, um, the technique is called strippaggio, and you spray the oil throughout the mouth so it hits all parts of the mouth cavity. Um, the oil should taste good and clean and have merit unto itself. And if it does, then when you pair that with your favorite food, it's going to accentuate and elevate that cuisine. And that's where it gets interesting as an ingredient and how it affects 
other things that you eat. Oh my God. Okay. So how can Liz, how can we, uh, I love this, strip, stripaggio? Yeah, stripaggio. Stripaggio. Okay. <laughs> it's going to take me a few times to, uh, to get it right, but that's so cool. So that's, um, we should each be tasting our, our extra virgin, our, our olive oils, independent of food. Yes, because that'll give you, that will trigger ideas as to what the oil might pair with, hmm. whether you like it or not. Because some oils are buttery and mellow and sweet and ethereal. Yeah. Others are really grassy and bitter and peppery. And what causes that peppery burn in the throat, you'll see this black pepper tingle that lingers. It's caused by this uh, compound called oleocanthal, which is naturally found in the olive and is a key component to the antioxidant and polyphenol benefits. So when you feel that tingly thing, that's not acidity, that doesn't mean the oil is bad, that's actually an attribute of quality. And different oils will vary in intensity depending on the cultivar they use and the timing of the harvest. All olives start their life green and they ripen to a deep purplish black and the color reflects a stage of maturation. The earlier you harvest the olives when they're primarily green, the less oil is in the fruit, but the more grassy, assertive, bitter, and robust it will be. The higher levels of oleocanthal will be in that olive. The later you harvest that same olive, when it's dark purple, the more quantity of oil you, you get, but it's going to be more mellow and soft and delicate and have lower levels of polyphenols and antioxidants. So different oils can be used in different things. Um, but it's always important to taste it because that'll give you ideas of what you like. So just like with wine, if you find you really love Sangiovese grape, um, from which is typical of Tuscany, then you can go to a store and kind of look for that. Once you get to know your olives, you could go to a store and say, you know, do you have any Nocellara oil from Sicily? Because oh. you know that's going to have this leafy, herbaceous vibrancy to it. Things like that. Uh, my mind is blown. I had, so a black olive is not a different species of olive than a green olive. It's just an older olive or a more mature olive. Correct. They start almost lemony yellow and then go to green and then go to um, like lavender and blue and red and purple and then eventually this like deep black. It's kind of similar to an avocado, you know, like the older, the more ripe an avocado becomes until it ultimately turns gray. It gets fattier and greasier over time. Bingo. Same idea. Very interesting. I, I was at the supermarket the other day and I saw red olives. Those have to be different. No, that would just be they harvest them at the moment that the fruit is red, huh. and then you would get the red olive, unless wow. there's some bizarre dye. Interesting, yeah. I but hope which not. I hope not. Huh. <laughs> That's not ideal. Oh my God, that oleocanthal. Sometimes it could be so spicy that it makes me cough. Yes. Um, why is it doing that? And what's what's that all about? There are certain cultivars that are known for their really high levels of oleocanthal, such as the Coratina olive from Puglia, which is in the. Um, southeastern heel of Italy's boot. They, they grow this, the main olive there is the Coratina. And when harvested early, it has some of the highest levels of oleocanthal and polyphenols of any olive in the world. Um, and it can cause you to cough. They talk about one cough, two cough, and three cough oils in terms of intensity. Uh, and now with these really robust oils that are high in oleocanthal, high in polyphenols, very assertive, you wouldn't want them on a delicate piece of fish. It's going to overwhelm the nuances of that. But on a grilled seasoned steak or in a soup, it's going to cut through and brighten those ingredients up. And your soup won't taste bitter. It will just be enlivened. Hmm. So think of it like a, a robust red wine. Yeah, I love it. So you want to get into pairing things. And you don't need to go crazy, but it's good to have one more affordable but clean extra virgin olive oil for cooking because, yes... You can cook an extra virgin olive oil. <laughs> the smoke point's around 400 degrees Fahrenheit. It is very versatile in the culinary, in terms of culinary applicability. So it can be the first thing in the pan. And then you could just have like a delicate, 
and a robust finishing oil, just two that you can use with different things. And when we talk about finishing dishes with olive oil, this is actually really important. Um, you always want to pour the oil on raw at the end on top of your pasta or your fish or your vegetables or your steak or your soup, because when you pour the oil on raw, in its raw form, the flavor is more separate and distinct, and you get the most amount of health benefits from the oil in its raw state. When you cook it, you denature it and you neutralize the oil. So you want to use it for cooking, but a little less in the pan, and then save the raw stuff at the end, and it really is the sauce. And when we talk about Mediterranean food, when we talk about the Mediterranean diet and the diet of Crete, they're really having basically a puddle of oil with food in it. <laughs> and you drag the food in the oil and you consume it. Oh but God. it's really, an, uh, you know, fat is so fundamental to our health and our diet. But the quality of fat you use is paramount to how you will absorb those nutrients. Oh, my God. Music to my ears. I just, dude, I love, first of all, I love talking to you. Second of all, I just want to interject because what you said is so important and nuanced, and I just don't want listeners to glaze past it. You know, when you use uh, an oil like extra virgin olive oil, it has so many health benefits. Um, and cooking with it might actually uh, neutralize, use the word neutralize, some of those health benefits. But what's not going to happen when you cook with extra virgin olive oil, the oil, the oil is not going to actually oxidize and go rancid the way grain and seed oils like corn, canola, and soybean oil do. So the oil is actually, the extra virgin olive oil might become a, a more neutral oil, but it's not going to actually become unhealthy the way canola, corn, soybean oil, any of these industrially processed oils do. It's not going to become a carcinogen unless you go to super high temperatures which right. are typically beyond what people cook at home, right. especially when they're sauteing onions and garlic and vegetables. Like you don't go that high with it. Right. People, a lot of people I think have been using uh, these days avocado oil for high heat cooking. And I remind people that extra virgin olive oil is going to be at least as heat stable as avocado oil because of its presence of saturated fat, which is the most chemically stable oil. About 14 to 15% of extra virgin olive oil is saturated, mm -hmm. which is the most chemically, you know, it's, it's uh, very resistant to, um, you know, chemical changes. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly versatile. And the whole idea of the Mediterranean diet is supplementing olive oil in place of butter or animal fats or seed oils. They're not using coconut oil in Mediterranean food. Just just get that out of the way right now. So if you're trying to recreate anything Mediterranean, really the lipid of choice is extra virgin olive oil. I love it. What are some of the things that we can look for on labels in the modern supermarket? I mean, I, you know, maybe I haven't noticed them, but are cultivars on the label regions that the oil, you know, olives are from? That's a great question, and it's there's a lot to it, and I'll, I'll try to sum it up. There are many labels out there that are very misleading. Um, if you just see an oil that says extra virgin, organic, first cold pressed, product of Italy, you know nothing about that olive oil. Um, you don't know where it was grown. You don't know how fresh it is. You don't know olives it's made with. You know nothing. It's like buying a bottle of wine and all it says is red wine. You want the really good producers like to telegraph what they do. And so the more transparency behind the bottle, the better. So you want to know the olive cultivars. You want there to be a harvest date, not a best before date. You want the olives to be localized, not blended from all over. It should be in a dark bottle, clear clear bottles, the light will photo oxidize the oil and it will degrade. It shouldn't be in plastic. Plastic can leach that bad texture. 
Um, Small bottles, big bottles. And you should buy oil in the bottle that you will consume within a two to three month period. So if you use a lot of olive oil, you could buy a five liter jug of it. If you don't use that much, buy a 500 milliliter bottle of it. And you don't want to have it last for a year or a year and a half, but you want to buy olive oil, consume it quickly because it is like a fresh fruit juice and then buy another bottle. Um, and where do, where, do we, where do we store the bottles once we buy them in, you, our, in our kitchens? You want to store it in a cool, dark environment, away from the stove, away from the sunlight. If you have a wine cellar, that's good. If you have a wine refrigerator, that's good. The ideal temperature to store olive oil in a perfect world is 56 degrees Fahrenheit. So like that's like, correct me if I'm wrong, like wine cooler temperature. Bingo. Wow. The olives and the grapes, they complement each other on the landscape and they complement each other on the table. And sure enough, they're stored in, in similar ways. The difference is wine, some wine has aging potential, whereas olive oil, you never want to age it. You never want to age olive So it's like, unlike wine, extra virgin olive oil doesn't, doesn't get better with age. It only degrades. Huh. Wow. What about price? Does price matter? Because I see, you know, there's like oils that are less expensive. There are oils that are very expensive. Should I be going and buying the most expensive oil that I can, that I can afford? You definitely don't need to buy the most expensive oil that exists. Um, however, you're not going to get a great olive oil for $7.99 for a big bottle of it. That just the economics don't work. Um, typically, if you want an oil of merit that is legitimate, it's going to be between 20 and $40 for a half liter, or maybe 750 milliliters. Hmm. Um, producing olive oil is expensive, and the consumption pattern isn't that high in this country. Um, and the oil has to be shipped over here. We're in New York City now. There's no local olive grove. So it's either coming from the Mediterranean, it's coming from California, it's coming thousands of miles. The average American only consumes about one liter of olive oil per year. The average Italian consumes about 12 liters per year, and the average person on Greece consumes over 20 liters of oil per year. So they're consuming 20 times more oil than we are in Greece than they are here, and they're touted for their long life and their healthy lifestyle and their, the healthy simplicity of the cuisine they eat. So a key component is just, it's like swimming. I was talking with my friend Beverly D'Angelo about this, who was married to a duke in Tuscany and lived in Tuscany and has this this passion for olive oil. And this was actually her philosophy. She was like, it's like swimming. People can tell you how healthy swimming is, but one must be taught how to swim. And it's like with olive oil, we can tell people how healthy olive oil is, but if they don't know how to incorporate it into their food and learn how to use it where you're really pouring the oil on, not drizzle, so long as we're drizzling, we're never going to get to Mediterranean consumption levels. Hmm. And we should be upping our olive oil intake in place of other things because it allows you to eat very simply. But people need to understand that by buying good olive oil, you can spend less money elsewhere because you just need a few simple ingredients that are fresh. And you can. it's easier to create this perfect, delicious, satiating, and equally important, pleasurable food. Food must be pleasurable to eat. It's one of life's simple joys. And olive oil is one of the easiest ways to improve your life on a daily basis. So true. Have you become so passionate about extra virgin olive oil? I was lucky. I was on a trip from the Arctic Circle down to the Sahara Desert with a backpack when I was 24 years old. And I happened to be in Italy at the time of the olive harvest. And a girl that I dated in high school, her family had rented out this villa in Tuscany a few years before. And she asked me when I'd be there. And I told her end of October to the beginning of November. And she connected me with this family in the town of Arezzo at this villa called Mulin Maria. And the woman there, Nadia Gasparini Rossi, 
took me into her family and made me basically a part of her family. And all of a sudden, I find myself in Tuscany hand harvesting and hand cleaning these olives and making world-class olive oil. And she grows most of her own food and makes her own wine. So all of a sudden, I was in this like holistic agricultural situation, which growing up in northern New Jersey, I was never around. <laughs> and it, it had this huge impact on me when I was in the fields and I'd be harvesting olives. And I would think that for thousands of years in the same place, every year, people were doing the same thing. And I felt this really deep connection to tradition. And then at the time I was a vegetarian and then all the food I was eating was just so much more luxurious and nutritious and made me feel good because it was coated in this fresh olive oil. So I came back and I, uh, I kept doing music actually, um, because I, I really wanted to, I, I also love music, but I couldn't make it work. And, and what I do you play, uh, I play the guitar, the bass, the drums, the keys. I went to the Berkeley college of music okay. and have a degree in film scoring and used to have a record label and love music. Wow. Total music freak. Um, but I started working in olive oil in Grand Central Terminal, selling olive oil in the train station. And my parents were like, what are you doing? <laughs> my family didn't understand, but I knew I wanted to be around this oil. And then one thing led to another. I started doing some olive oil seminars. And uh, then I was hired at Italy, New York, to work with the olive oil selection there. I started teaching oil courses at Lydia Bastianich's culinary school. Then uh, on the encouragement of my mentor, Nadia, she was like, I, I think you should become a certified oil taster. There's this school in Italy called Oh Now. It's the oldest school and the best school. And I think you should do that. So I went there and I, I did very well. And then because I finished that and I was, uh, I was tapped to be the judge at the New York International Olive Oil Competition. So then I find myself sitting around these expert tasters from all over the world and growing my network globally. And then I start traveling the world for olive oil. And then um, I launched my own company called Grove and Vine, where I source fresh oil every six months from Northern and Southern Hemisphere, and I get it to subscribers all over the country. Um, so you can sign up and I just ship you what I think is the, the finest oils in the world, freshly pressed, that I've personally curated. And, um, and then that has led me now to um, just recently, um, I was appointed as uh, on the advisory committee to the Yale Olive Institute. And Yale is going to be organizing this global initiative where we're going to be collaborating with different universities and education programs all over the world to uncover more of the nutritional and chemical and um, health properties of olive oil and how that can be incorporated into our lives. Because nutrition, as you know, as well as anyone, Max, nutrition is such a fundamental part of our lives. And in a lot of parts of America, we are in a nutritional crisis. Um, eating high fructose corn syrup and washing it down with more high fructose corn syrup <laughs> is not a balanced diet. Correct. And no one is going to be healthy so long as they continue this, basically poisoning themselves daily, slowly over time. Right. Um, it, it really catches up to people in, in a variety of ways. And the solution is so simple. It's actually the future of food is looking back into the past. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. What about, I mean, have you looked into our, our collective obsession with these grain and seed oils? I mean, I, I feel like that's probably one of the one of the biggest problems. I mean, yeah. high fructose corn syrup is sugar, and that people are starting to become aware of the dangers of sugar. But I think there's still such tremendous misconception when it's you know when it comes to the oils that are healthy and the oils that are that are 
unhealthy. I would use the word toxic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's not an exaggeration, I mm. think, that word toxic. Yeah. Um, like Wesson is a real <laughs> problem. Um, and all these seed oils, they have to add heat or chemical solvents to extract it. These seed oils have only been around for about 100 years, whereas olive oils, a fresh, raw fruit juice, has been around 8,000 years. Wow. So this notion that these are somehow on the same level yeah. or have the same validity <laughs> is crazy. Olive oil actually belongs not on the shelf with these other seed oils. Olive oil in a supermarket belongs in the produce section. It's a fundamentally different thing than these other seed oils. And um, the more people can experience it and taste it and the nuances of it and how it makes them feel, um, the more they'll be gravitated toward it, towards it. So that's something I do. I teach at the International Culinary Center, their olive oil sensory certification program. And over the course of five days, we taste over 100 olive oils from about over from over 20 different countries. Wow. And you get to learn the nuances of it. And that can inspire people to take that next step and begin incorporating olive oil into their diet. Because... And I, I don't know if you'll, I think you'll agree with this, but I think the key, one of the key elements to health is preparing your own food. Absolutely. And home cookery, this idea that we can go out and eat at fast food or restaurants and expect them to be taking care of us in terms of our nutritional needs is a farce. Yeah. And so we need to be able to, so much of cooking your own food is actually shopping for the ingredients. And the quality of your meal is determined at the moment you check out. Because if you have mediocre ingredients, there's very little you can do to elevate them and make them great. But if you have exceptional ingredients, and just a few of them, very simple, it's very hard to mess that up. And so once you start cooking your own food and doing that three times a day, um, olive oil gets vaulted in terms of its importance of ingredients where almost everything you do, the first thing you do is reach for that bottle of olive oil. Mm -hmm. And two of the elements that really determine the quality of the flavor of the food you eat is the quality of sea salt you use and the quality of olive oil you use. And oftentimes those are invisible ingredients. So you could take a piece of shrimp, same piece of shrimp, and use high quality sea salt flakes and really vibrant, fresh, extra virgin olive oil. And on the other piece of shrimp, cheap Morton salt that's more like sand than salt and like a rancid fusty oil and, pe and the average person will taste those two pieces of shrimp and they'll think that one piece of shrimp is actually better wow. but the only difference is the oil and the salt wow so it's such an easy thing to do because you just sprinkle it on and pour it on but it elevates everything that you eat because it doesn't mask the food like ketchup does ketchup makes anything you put on it taste like ketchup right but olive oil is much more generous it's like the base of a of a band it kind of lays the foundation for everything else to shine on top of it astonishing and so true i bet have you have you been into the kitchens of any high-end italian restaurants i mean what kind of oils are they using i would i would bet that they're not even using great oils unless they're kind of make you know using it sparingly to finish a, a dish some do some don't sometimes i'll go into a high-end italian restaurant and they will have maybe like three really nice Single estate, extra virgin olive oil. Some of them are monocultivar. Some of them are DOP certified, which stands for protected designation of origin, which means by law, the olives are grown, harvested, pressed, bottled, and shipped out of there. But more often than not, olive oil is expensive and restaurants are notorious for cutting costs wherever they can. And one of the reasons they don't buy good olive oil is because no one has returned a dish back to the kitchen because the olive oil wasn't good. Hmm. If the fish isn't tasting good, they'll return it. And after a couple returns back to the kitchen, the chef will say, we need to change our fish purveyor. 
Um, but olive oil, they don't, they don't ask to taste olive oil on its own. They don't send dishes back. So they just kind of, it's a lowest common denominator game, typically in most restaurants, and the oil um, isn't very good. But I think that's beginning to change slowly. But it takes a long time to change the way people eat because it's what, what could be more personal? You're literally putting it inside of your body. It's a very intimate act to prepare food and then consume food. Um, so to get people to change the way they do it is is really difficult. But I think olive oil is a key component to that because eating food must be pleasurable. And olive oil happens to feel really good. A high quality olive oil, when you eat it, feels good. And that's a special thing because not all stuff that feels good is also healthy for you. It's a really nice symbiotic relationship that shares. It's just, it's like the universe throwing you a bone. (laughs) (laughs) So I get asked about uh, light olive oil. And I've also seen uh, extra virgin olive oil. And then in very small font underneath the extra virgin olive oil is the word blend. It's It's an extra virgin olive oil blend, usually made with some other kind of unhealthy oil, like a canola oil or grapeseed oil. What are, your th- what are your thoughts on those two products? Um, I think the world of olive oil labeling is purposefully misleading to people. For example, pure olive oil, which sounds like it would be good, is one step above lamp-grade olive oil, which is deemed unfit for human consumption. Um, the light olive oil or extra light olive oil literally means there's less olive oil in it. It will be maybe 70% vegetable oil, 30% olive oil. So it's not healthier for you. It doesn't have less calories. It's just less olive oil in it. Um, The one where you said extra virgin olive oil blend, that'll be, like you said, something like mainly canola oil with 20% extra virgin olive oil in it, which it's kind of irrelevant at that point because the extra virgin olive oil has been cut with something else. You've actually de-virginized the oil. It's not even extra virgin anymore. All these infused oils you see, once you add anything to olive oil, it is no, it no longer can be extra virgin. The whole idea of extra virgin is that it's only from olives and there's no defects in it and the acidity is below 0.8%. It's a few different things, but once you cut something else into it, it cannot be extra virgin. That said, like truffle oil, people, this is this weird phenomenon that I have no idea why it's taken off. It smells putrid to me. Um, And it's because they use a synthetic chemical odorant called 2,4-dithiapentane to synthetically odorize the oil so it mimics the aroma of a truffle. But there's no actual truffles in it to give you the truffle flavor. It's a way to take a product to market. And as with a lot of things in the American food system, it it substitutes the illusion of the thing for the thing itself. Hmm. Wow. What's the difference between unfiltered extra virgin olive oil and filtered and what are the uh, applications for each like in what instances would you want to use filtered versus unfiltered unfiltered olive oil a lot of people think it's healthier for you or better than you but many of the best producers in the world won't even allow the oil off their property unless it's been filtered think about it the whole idea with olive oil is you're separating the oil from the solids pits and water The idea that you want micro and macroscopic bits of olive flesh in your oil doesn't make any sense at all because there's water in those bits and eventually that sediment settles to the bottom and the water escapes and the sediment goes bad. Hmm. So a lot of the best oils in the world will be filtered. Hmm. In addition, it'll say on the bottle cold extracted instead of cold pressed. 
The term first cold press really is out of date. The best producers cold extract their olives where they run through a series of vacuums and centrifuges and the paste is never exposed to oxygen. And you can control the paste more and, and get a cleaner, sharper, more vibrant oil with a longer shelf life. That's another thing with a filtered oil. You get a much longer shelf life with those bits out of it. Hmm. Those bits are like gunk. Oh. It's not good to get unfiltered oil unless it's very, very fresh. And then it can have a, an attribute, but over time that sediment settles and, and the oil gets off flavors. So you want to look for fresh oil that's filtered, that's cold extracted, but ultimately you just want to start tasting oil more because once you start tasting it, you start learning about it. How can you learn about any food without tasting it? I, I mean, you, yeah, just get in there. Yeah. It's not the oil, the olive oil is not going to hurt you. A lot of people are afraid of it, but. Um, we can be consuming a lot more of it in this country. I mean, I'm trying to do my part to uh, to help spread the word. What are some of your favorite um, dishes to uh, to use extra virgin olive oil on? Um, one dish that I always like to talk about, um, it's a Tuscan peasant dish called ribolita. And it's like a peasant soup that consists of four primary ingredients. White cannellini beans black cabbage, stale Tuscan salt-free bread, and copious amounts of fresh extra virgin olive oil. In addition, there's garlic, there's um, sage, there can be carrots, onions, celery, maybe a tomato or potato if you want, um, cabbage, Swiss chard. It's like a vegan, vegetarian soup that is like a sponge for extra virgin olive oil. And so what you do is you make this soup and you then in a, a bowl do a layer of the bread and then pour the hot, piping hot soup on top of it with the beans and all the vegetables and then a bunch of olive oil and then another layer of bread and then the piping hot soup and then olive oil. And you make this bowl of it and then you leave it in the refrigerator overnight and all the flavors amalgamate into something that's greater than the sum of its parts and then the next day you just gently reheat it and you serve it and the old men in Tuscany will have a bite of ribolita and then a bite of raw red onion and they just go back and forth and it's just like unbelievably <laughs> healthy because the thing about those soups the word soup comes from the word sop meaning to sop up with bread and the thing about soups that are so amazing, and I really think soup is this perfect food. It's like the food is half digested before it even enters your mouth. And so when it's covered in olive oil, it just, the body accepts it and you can absorb all those nutrients well. And I'm not a nutritionist and I'm not a scientist, but I want to throw something out there that um, at the Yale Olive Institute, I kind of want to focus on. Um, I want to focus on the idea that perhaps olive oil is uniquely suited to conducting the nutrients from food, raw vegetables, for example, or cooked vegetables. The olive oil can conduct those nutrients. And then when you consume it, the way the olive oil can deliver those nutrients into your gut so you absorb the nutrients is a key thing. There might be ev there might be evidence that consuming dishes with olive oil allows you your gut to absorb the nutrients more than consuming that the same vegetables without it. 
Oh, there's ample evidence for that. I mean, some of the most valuable nutrients in our foods are fat soluble and they're only absorbed in through the gut in the presence of fat. So this is a key, yeah. the olive oil is a key component. If we're talking about going to the locals farmer's market and getting organic produce, well, the best way to deliver those nutrients into the body might be with olive oil. Absolutely. So this isn't like a miracle thing that's at our <laughs> fingertips. I don't know why everyone's not obsessed with it. I'm obsessed. <laughs> oh man, I love talking. Is there any other, is there any other area in your life where you're as obsessed as you are with extra virgin olive oil? Um, I love music. I think music is a healthy medicine and there's something about sit, seeing live music or sitting in front of a really nice stereo, which I love vinyl. I think vinyl has a certain analog warmth to it that actually our bodies respond to in a visceral kind of way. But something about listening to music and sitting in front of speakers or at a show and absorbing those waveforms um, is so, so healthy and relaxing and stimulating for the brain and it's just music is a wonderful thing and uh, i never understand when i go to people's homes they, they like never have music on it's so weird it's i think it's healthier than like watching a glowing screen for hours absolutely yeah so true i'm i'm equally as obsessed with music i think it's uh it's one of the best things in life you know <laughs> absolutely <laughs> right um yeah it's uh it's so so powerful and potent but Back to you, man. I feel like I could listen to you just like describe anything and it would be pleasurable to listen no, to. No, it's olive oil. I'm really, I've been so fortunate to have the olive as my focus because the olive itself is so fascinating and generous and ancient and is this bridge between tradition and innovation. And it's global. And so it connects all these cultures and people. And it's just that the thing I'm focused on is a beautiful thing. And that is one of the reasons why I can latch onto it so much and how it can connect me to all different parts of the world. It's been like nothing short of a gift. And uh, it's really my mentor, that woman, Nadia Gasparini Rossi from Moulin Maria in Arezzo. She showed me how special this was. Hmm. And she inspired me to take the steps towards um, focusing on it about 11 years ago. Wow, it's amazing. And so how do you spend your time now? Are you just touring around the world talking about it and... and like what's, um, what's no. next for you? Um, that, that sounds really exhausting <laughs> of like a world tour nonstop. I, uh, I divide my time between teaching. I teach at the International Culinary Center um, and then my own company, Grove and Vine, sourcing oil. Um, we just, Grove and Vine launched a wholesale operation and now we're supplying restaurants with, I think I found arguably the best oil at the best price anywhere in the world. Mm. It took me years of traveling through five continents to stumble upon this. And we've now imported it and we are um, distributing it to restaurants throughout New York City. So if you have a restaurant and you want some really good oil at an incredible price, just shoot me an email at info at groveandvine.com and we'll, uh, we'll send you a sample. And so, you also have a, you have a subscription service too for listeners, right? Maybe we can get them like a, a discount code or something for podcast we can, listeners. We can totally get them a discount code. Um, you say the code and we'll put it in. Okay. So whatever, whatever you want the code to be. But we'll, genius. We'll, genius. So if you go to groveandvine.com and you put in the promo code genius, you will get $20 off your annual membership. Um, and we, we ship to all 50 states. And basically every three months you get another 
olive oil curated by me at the source, shipped to you with a scroll with history of producer, region, cultivar, wine pairing notes, tasting information, as well as a regional recipe, and an original signed photograph suitable for framing that I shoot when I'm at the Grove. So you're tasting it, you're seeing it, and you're learning all about it, and it's an ever-evolving selection that goes from northern and southern hemisphere because I just want one of my missions, I think, is to just encourage people to be open to the world of olive oil. There, No one country has a monopoly. You can get great oil all over the world, but you have to know what producer to go to and um, just get the best stuff and just incorporate it daily because it's one of the easiest ways to improve your life is using high quality olive oil. Are you still uh, hand typing the notes that go along with your, your oils? So all the scrolls are hand typed on an IBM Selectric 2 and we use a actually a, a 17th century Italian futurist typeface font on the upper corners of it and then all of them are signed with a quill pen dipped in an inkwell however we do the typing on the typewriter and then we scan it and then print the the hundreds of scrolls that we do so every single one is not hand typed but I have now um, I started um, watercoloring the labels. Wow. So I'll do a master watercolor wash and then we get that printed for the label. So I just try to do most of the oils we source and distribute are hand harvested. And I try to keep that hand touch to it throughout the whole process because mm. I think it deserves it. And I just value it. I love vinyl records because you get all this artwork and all these things that you can pull out and read and see. And, um, I actually kind of, one of the inspirations for my company was this literary journal called McSweeney's. And they just have these really interesting books that are really nicely printed. And I was like, how do I kind of be the McSweeney's of olive oil was one of the parallels that I came up with a few years ago. But uh, if you want to learn more about olive oil, it's a great way. And it also makes a really great gift. But if you have a restaurant, we can get you five liter jugs of wholesale oil at a great price. And then... Um, like I said, if, if any of you want to, um, the Yale Olive Institute is going to be looking for people to partner with and universities to partner with and researchers and scientists and nutritionists. So if anyone's out there and they're interested in olives and olive oil and some of the um, discovering the nutritional properties or feel that they can contribute to the Yale Olive Institute, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm an advisor for this, for the build out of this and uh, just shoot me an email at info at groveandvine.com or follow me on social media at oleologist yeah i was actually just going to ask uh, where listeners can get in touch with you and um, obviously they can go to groveandvine.com and uh, mm -hmm. use promo code genius you guys will get to save some money um, i'm a customer you know your oils are amazing and uh where else, do you have a newsletter that people can sign up for? or is uh, it Yeah, if you go to groveandvine.com, you can sign up to join our newsletter, and then you'll get... Um, we, we don't like to bombard people with newsletters. I find that really um, obnoxious. Yeah. So just like every few weeks, you get a newsletter about maybe where we're going to next or something about the regional food of that place or a certain cultivar or uh, certain promotions we do. But, but we're, we're pretty infrequent with it. We, we don't like to bother people. But we want people to see that we're like an olive oil bank. So as a member, you get access to discounted bottles. Um, so that's really where the savings come in, where you become a member. And if you receive an oil and you like it, you can buy additional bottles at... Um, uh, right now, they're $24.50 a bottle. That includes shipping. Wow. So people kind of get it, and then they stock up on a few that they really like. Wow. Yeah, man. I mean, I want you basically to approve all of the olive oils that I'm consuming for the rest of my life. 
if it we would, can it, if we can set that up somehow. It would be an honor, <laughs> a true honor, because the quality of oil you use plays an integral part in the quality of the food you eat. And too often it's overlooked and it's such a simple thing to incorporate. You don't have to have any special culinary skills. You can even order takeout. You get like takeout pizza delivered to your door. And when it arrives, just blot that cheap grease off with a paper towel and pour some fresh olive oil on it. And you've taken that pizza and elevated it. Yeah. So there's ways to do it. You don't even need to cook to use high quality olive oil. It's It couldn't be more generous and, and humans for thousands of years have loved it. And there's a reason for this. Things don't stick around. This isn't an 8,000-year fad. This is for real. And you can't, olive oil is, is pretty irreplaceable. You can use other fats, but they don't function the same way. Um, but the key is getting your hands on, on quality oil. That's, that's half the battle. I, uh, the other day, I ordered up some uh, sashimi to my house. And I... Uh, put the salmon in, I put, you know, I dumped out the, the soy sauce that they sent with the sushi, which is usually, you know, not organic, conventionally grown, 50% wheat. Who wants that stuff? I filled the little tub with some extra virgin olive oil and uh, dipped my salmon sashimi into it. And then I threw a little bit of uh, some mineral rich salt on top. It was so good. Better than with soy sauce. You can taste the fish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they do that. It's called pesce crudo in Italian cuisine. Um, and it's just raw fish in like a puddle of olive oil <laughs> with a little bit of accoutrement and you take the fish and you drag it through the oil and it lubricates the fish so it becomes more succulent and pleasurable to eat and it adds that fatty component to it and that herbaceous vibrancy and uh, is Italy's answer to sushi wow. is pesce crudo. Wow, it was, it was delicious. Um, all right, Nicholas. Well, I, I feel like we could keep talking for hours, but I'm uh, definitely going to have you back on the show. Um, the last question that I'm going to ask you is one that I ask to everybody um, on The Genius Life, and that is, what does it mean to you to live like a genius? Um, whatever makes you happy. It's that, it's that simple. It's, uh, everyone is so individual, and I think one of the most important things you can do to, I guess, feel like a genius because um, I, I don't at all consider myself a genius. I think I'm relatively intelligent, but that's about as far as I'd go. But just find the things that you love. Um, I love music, so I incorporate it in my life. I love to skateboard, and I live in New York City, and the whole place is just like a, a playground for a skateboarder. It's flat, and it's smooth. It's amazing. So I try to skateboard every day because it's fun, and it's good exercise, and it makes me feel alive. And I like to cook my own food because it makes me feel connected with nature. And, um, you know, just, just find what you love, and don't let anyone discourage you from pursuing it. Because at the outset of my career, there were a lot of haters who were saying that olive oil is not a thing. No one cares about it. It's not a job. You can't make a career out of it. But I knew I wanted to be around this thing because it moved me deeply. And I continued to pursue it. Um, maybe call it stubbornness. Call it um, drive. You know, I, I don't know how you define it. But I knew I wanted to be around it. And even though there were, if, if I listened to the haters, I, I would have stopped before I even started. And now it, it, it keeps giving to me. It, it's my passport to the world. It connects me with people all over the planet. These wonderful people in the olive oil community. It's such an honor to be a part of this community. There's no other community I'd rather be a part of than the international extra virgin olive oil community. So just find what you love and do a deep dive. 
Because if you know a bunch of things on the surface, anyone can do that now with Google. You just Google some things, you know everything on the surface. But when you do a deep dive, I mean, I consider myself a student of the olive because I'm constantly learning more. I do not consider myself an expert. I know something about it, but there's so much more to learn. And that's really when it gets interesting is when you realize that the thing that you're pursuing is a lifelong ambition and a forever endeavor. And that is the key, I think, to, I don't know about living life like a genius, but olive oil certainly is a genius food. Certainly is. Dude, I got goosebumps. Oh my God. You're the man. Um, and you're going to have a whole lot of uh, new friends after this podcast runs. Just uh, remind listeners where they can find you on social media. On Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at oleologist. And you can email me personally for any questions you have about olive oil or to see how you can contribute to the Yale Olive Institute at info at groveandvine.com. And that's also where you can sign up for a, a really bespoke custom olive oil membership delivered straight to your door, curated by me. Yeah, again, promo code genius. And how do you spell oleologist? O-L-E-O-L-O-G-I-S-T. You're the man. All right, guys. Well, you heard him. Check him out. Befriend him on social media. He is uh, brilliant, and I look forward to tracking you and staying friends. And, you know, um, I'm sure this is the first of many uh, chats that we're going to have on the podcast. So thanks, Nicholas. And for all you guys out there listening in podcast land, as always, I value your attention. This has been another episode of The Genius Life. Peace.